am deeply grateful to have the privilege of receiving this great award. Uh, it has come as a surprise to me. I am grateful and thankful to our dean, Dr. Steele, to our faculty for awarding me and selecting me to get this award. I'm also grateful to Dr. David Garland for having found me in Africa, brought me to America, and gave me a scholarship at Truett Seminary. I'm here with my beautiful wife. Her name is Helen Cheller, and I would love to acknowledge her for her love, support, and care for me and my son. Thank you. I love you. In 2010, I was sleeping in my house, and at 5 a.m., I heard loud knocks on the door. When I went out, I was informed that the church was on fire. We started rushing to the church, land, and found that the church was actually on fire. The church that was on fire was a place that we had moved into and built a shelter about 10 months earlier. 10 months earlier, I was leading a church of about 400 members, and one day, one Sunday morning, the landowner locked the doors of the church. And he said, I'm hiking the rentals, and I want you to pay me one year in advance. And by then, the church could not pay me anything. We could hardly afford that amount. So we were chased out of the building and started worshiping under the sun. And the simple structure that we had managed to build in a period of about a year was the one that was being bent down. Upon some investigation, we came to discover that one of the leaders of the church had set the church on fire. Trials, challenges, it's all part of the calling. Reading Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 to 14, the Bible reads, And now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Apostle Paul was imprisoned. He did not plan for it. He did not expect it. It was an inconvenience to him. He was imprisoned and it hurt but even though Apostle Paul was imprisoned, he realized that his imprisonment had a greater purpose. And he goes on and says, what has happened to me? What has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Even though I'm going through this trial, this challenge, this difficulty, this unforeseen circumstance, it's serving for the glory of God. What has happened to me? has actually served to advance the gospel. Reading Cowbath in his dogmatics in outline, he says, 
We can only achieve proper knowledge when we know that he who is true God and true man has suffered. Here, there was true suffering. Everything else we know as suffering is unreal suffering compared with what has happened here. Only by this standpoint, by sharing in the suffering he suffered, can we recognize that the fact and the cause of suffering everywhere and in the creaturely cosmos, secretly and openly, God who became man in Jesus Christ, who now had to suffer from, not from the imperfections of the creaturely world, not from the pattern of nature, but from men and from their attitude to him. In short, Jesus Christ suffered. In our class with uh, Dr. Ron Cook, uh, we had Pastor Matt Snowden, and he was talking to us about a week ago, and he was sharing about a time when he started ministry at the age of 22 years old, and he started having some challenges in the church that he was in. And as a result of frustration, he called his father and started seeking for counsel. And when he talked to his father about the challenges that he was going through, his father, with a heart of compassion, responded back to him and said, Son, that's why they call it a job. In other words, it's part of the calling. What do you do when strange things happen to you in ministry? What do you do when you wake up in the morning and find that your church is on fire? When the elders of the church rise up against you, when you are fired, what do you do when you go through trials and tribulation in ministry? The first encouragement that I have for you and I is to understand that it is common. Reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13, the Bible states, no temptation has ever seized you except what is common to mankind. And in every temptation, God is faithful that he will provide a way out for you so that you may stand up under it. In other words, trials, tribulations are common. In the year 2006, I was wrongfully imprisoned and put in a Tanzanian prison for two years. I suffered. I was beaten. I slept in a toilet. I had bad food. I experienced some of the worst suffering I've ever gone through in life. And when I got into prison... I started complaining and I said, Lord, why? Why have you allowed me to suffer like this after I've been seeking you and serving you faithfully in my home nation? Lord, why? In those moments when I was busy complaining, I was introduced to a man in prison who was serving life imprisonment. The man was wearing a uniform that prisoners who serve life in prison wear, and that man was well respected by all the prisoners in prison. In fact, they call him their pastor. When I had the opportunity of talking to this man, I was intrigued. I wanted to know what this godly man, whom prisoners call their pastor, was doing in prison. So I asked him the following questions. I said, sir, when did you come into prison and why? Then he told me his story. He said, when he was 18 years old, he was working with other young men 
and some of the men he was working with committed murder. And when the police officers went to arrest those young men, they arrested him together with them and sentenced him to be hanged to death for a crime that he did not do. In prison, he made a vow to God. He said, Lord, if you spare my life, I'll serve you. A few months later, his sentence was changed and he was allowed to spend life in prison. And from that day, that man started preaching the word of God like a madman. He would preach the word of God running from one end of the prison, going to the other end of the prison, preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the time I got out of prison in 2008, he had led over 40,000 men to Christ. The man was imprisoned in 1973. He's now 43 years old in prison. When I heard his testimony, guess what? I stopped complaining. <laughs> I stopped having pity parties. I came to understand that my trials, my problems were common. What do you do when strange things happen to you in ministry? Love God through them. When I was imprisoned, I met a godly man, a wonderful friend of mine that I preached the gospel with in prison. His name was Stephen Loins. Stephen was working as a bank accountant. He had the keys to the safe in the bank. One day, thieves broke in, stole money, and when he and the bank manager went to report to the police officers, the officers said that you guys are the first suspects. And he ended up being imprisoned for seven years while waiting trial when I met him. Stephen was married before he went into prison for a year. And after he went into prison for seven years, he lived apart from his wife and she later on passed. One day when I was looking for Stephen in prison, I could not find him. Then I was told by somebody, go and check by the toilets. Now the prison toilets are disgusting. They are dirty. And only prisoners who have committed heinous crimes were uh, called on to do the cleaning of the toilets. And for people who had clean records like Stephen, they were not allowed to do that dirty work. But one day I found him doing this very dirty work. And when I approached him, I asked him, I said, why are you doing this? He said, I'm cleaning the prison toilets, not because of the prison warder, not because of the president of Tanzania. I'm not doing it for any of those people. I'm doing it for God. He said, as I continue cleaning this, I'm doing it as an expression of my love to God. And as I heard those words, I was encouraged to look at life in a different way. When we go through trials and challenges, we have to get to a point where we embrace them and willingly serve as unto God and willingly serve as a people that are knowing that we are not doing it unto man, but unto the living God. It's, an, it's amazing what a young man can do for love. We always hear songs of a person claiming that they can climb the highest mountain. They can cross the sea in the name of the love. Guess what? If we are passionate in love with God, we will be willing to go through anything because we love him.
What do you do in ministry when strange things happen to you? When I was in prison, I had the privilege of reading the Bible. And when I was reading the Bible, I came across Deuteronomy chapter 2 to 5. And in those verses, the Bible states that the Lord took the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. But before they went into the promised land, he laid them into the desert for 40 years in order to humble them in order to test them, in order to see what was in their hearts, whether they would obey God's word or not, and in order to teach them that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, and in order to discipline them the way a father disciplines a child that he loves. Friends, God led me into prison for two years where I experienced suffering. God led me into prison for two years in order to humble me. Before I went into prison, I had just graduated with a a diploma in theology at a school that I was going to in Zambia, and uh, I was serving as a minister. And God humbled me by taking me into prison, sleeping in a toilet where I was called a criminal. When I was in prison, God tested me He told me to love my enemy who was in a comatose, had diarrhea, and I was asked to save him. When I was in prison, God taught me that man does not live on good food, on the luxuries of life, a good bed, and all the luxuries that we long for. But man lives on God's word and his word alone. I believe that God laid me into prison for two years in order to discipline me the way a father disciplines a child that he loves. When strange things happened in ministry, what do you do? Trust in God. Believe that God works out everything together for good to them that love and serve him. Genesis chapter 20 talks about, chapter 50 verse 20 talks about Joseph's brothers going to Joseph and saying, do us no harm. And Joseph responds and says, what you did to me, you intended to harm me, to ruin my life, to destroy me. But God used it for good, for the saving of many lives. Trust God. He's able to use your trials, your challenges, your pains, and bring out goodness out of them. When strange things happen to you in ministry, understand that it's common. Understand that you are not alone. Understand that God loves you. Understand that just as God was faithful to others, he is able to be faithful to you and deliver you. When you go through trials and tribulation, love God in them. Respond to them in love for God. Do it unto God. When strange things happen to you in ministry, understand that there is a purpose for them. A purpose of maturing you, changing you, molding you. Because God is our porter and we are the clay. And trust God. Reading the words of Reverend John G. Pierce, 
A tulip meets wind, rain, cold, and darkness. And yet it grows strong, fragrant, and beautiful. But without these, it would be weak and orderless and dull. Suffering makes sense. Thank you.